podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Hi, hi, hi. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing actually. I, I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just confused by your accent. There is a car alarm that just started going off as we started recording this. Did you hear that in the I, background? Did you hear that one? People, I always tilt about the ice cream truck, and people are like, JJ, we can't yeah. hear the ice cream truck. You had to have heard that one. I, I heard it a little bit. I assume that it's that it's a hater. That it's just an LTS hater who's been waiting for you to hit record. That's right. Yeah. That was amazing though. It was like literally the same exact time that I hit record, the, the car alarm starts. Yeah, well that's you know, that's great time. And the hate the haters are are uh upset today because I am now in hour eighteen of gloating about Giorgio Tavecchio scoring 16 fantasy points on Monday Night Football after recommending him in my kicker column, which can be found on patreon.com slash living the stream. JJ, I don't think that there's any drug on earth that's quite as powerful as, as touting an island game kicker who was signed off the street 72 hours before. Yeah. Kickoff. Yeah. But <laughs> it just goes to show how, how, uh, how the spot is everything for for kickers yeah right oh yeah, situation totally is just is. everything yeah right i mean uh, uh indoors the the total the vegas total for that game was was high very high i think second or third highest for the week uh the falcons kick a lot of field goals the giants give up a lot of field goal attempts uh so it was all there the process i was screaming the process all night and the process came through thank thank the lord jesus speaking of the process denny did you did you hear slash see the tilt uh, from Booger McFarland. Oh, with with yeah. with regards to uh, the Giants being down uh, b- or being down eight points, and instead of kicking the extra point, they went for two. Yeah, yeah. The, Booger McFarland went full results oriented analysis there. I just I, I'm I went on Facebook and I saw like multiple posts from people being like, "What are you doing? This is why you're so bad, Giants." And it's like, here's the crazy thing is that. The Giants decided to be analytically smart after yeah. drafting a running back second overall this offseason. <laughs> like, what in the world is going on there? By the way, guys, it is the it is such a smart decision to go for two in that instance. Like, let, let me let me just break this down for a second. So Kevin Cole, uh, you guys should be following. I think it's at Cole underscore Kev on Twitter, I believe. Um, yeah. But Kevin Cole uh, does a lot of great predictive analytics stuff and uh, talks about this kind of stuff all the time on, on Twitter and, and through uh, columns, but he wrote an article about this very, very thing where a lot of times, uh, analytics, the analytics community has talked about going for two, um, earlier rather than later, you know, you don't want to delay that information. So in a lot of instances, if you're down 15, let's say and you score a touchdown, you should go for two right away so that you know what you have to do later on. You know, a lot of right. people say, wait, 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 no, you don't want to wait because when you go for two, then then you're you're done, right? You can't you can't you can't act on it. You can't do anything with it. So the difference is that this is a 14 point game instead of a 15 point game. So they score a touchdown. 
Now they're down by eight. You say kick the extra point because then they'll be down seven. And then if you score again, then you'll be able to kick the extra point again and go into overtime. The problem with the thinking in general, instead of like laying out the math and stuff, let me just give you two outside reasons as to why this is fine. Okay. First off, everyone's mindset automatically thinks towards going to overtime. They're Mm -hmm. not thinking about actual win probability. They're thinking about going to overtime where in overtime, let's just assume you have a 50, 50 shot at winning. Right. Right. But I would argue that with the giants, it's not 50, 50 because they're on the road. They're underdogs and they're clearly not as good as the Falcons are. Right. So what they're mm-hmm. doing is they're putting this down. What they're essentially doing is they're seeing that their win percentage can increase. Their win probability increases by going for two first. So they go for two. Kevin Cole, I brought him up because he had a, in his article, he had a really good way of thinking about this, where if we assume that there's a 100% chance that an extra point will be good, okay? And there's a 50% chance that a two-point conversion will be good. When you go for the two-point conversion first, you then can make the decision to go for two if you fail you can then yeah. go for two later on and still force overtime. Whereas sure. you can't go, if you kick the extra point first and then you go for two next, then whenever you're going for two next, if you don't get it, you don't force overtime. Yes. Right. You're going exactly. for the win. You're trying to, you're, you're trying to increase your probability of winning in regulation all while looking into overtime and saying, if we do fail this two point conversion, we can at least succeed in the second two point conversion and still force overtime. And then all, yep. the, all the while, Denny, the, the most insane part to all of these discussions about should they go for two, should they not go for two, is that the expected point value on a, on a two-point conversion versus a, a point after touchdown is nearly identical when, since they shifted back the extra point. People think that extra points are automatic. We just saw Justin Tucker miss an extra point to tie the game up against the Saints the other day. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. They're not automatic. The, the expected point value, basically, all you have to do is look at you have a double the double the chance of converting a point after touchdown compared to compared to converting a two point conversion. But since a two point conversion is two points instead of one, they have a very similar expected value. So anytime there's even a question as to whether you should go for two or not, just go for two because the expected value is so similar. Yes, I think that's a great way of looking at it. And and I hate to see a, a coach uh, fail in their attempt to be smart, to be analytical and then get roasted by cave people on sports talk radio and on social media because you know that today it's all about, well, they didn't get it, and that's all that matters. And obviously it's not all that matters. The, the coach made a, the correct decision. He explained it in, in the presser, by the way, it very clearly why he did it, and it was, it was very encouraging. It was very, I was like, wait, the Giants have a head coach who thinks in this manner? This is – I had no idea, right? right. And so it is encouraging, but – People, but the coaches are punished so brutally by by the press and by their fans for uh, failing while following a good process that you would think that they would be hesitant to do it again. So next time this comes up, you know, I wouldn't blame Shermer for for not doing what he did because uh, the backlash is 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 so vicious. It's so you know? it's so ridiculous. And then those people are the louder people. And I'm not, you know, th- th- it's just. That the people who are so, so against it are the ones who instantly go to Twitter and just start trashing it because they're looking at the result of it, right? They're seeing that they didn't convert. Then the other thing too, I mean, Booger McFarlane went nuts and like he went on Twitter and was like, you can't, you know, I know that this is the mathematically right thing to do, but the defense, blah, 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 blah. Guys, no. it, not only that, but it was still a one score game. 
Like, it's not like they went for two to make it this, like, a, like you know, 12-point game or something. It, it was still, they could go for two again, and they could convert again. But the Falcons ended up kicking that field goal. So, it, it, I mean, it, it didn't matter well, in the end. Yeah, it, when when someone starts a sentence with, I know the math says it was the right call, then that you can just end the sentence there. Right. You can just you could just end it. It's not there's no but. There's no but because whatever whatever comes next after that is just is just going to be conjecture about, you know, uh, uh, defensive momentum or what happened on the last drive or whatever or you know some sort of fourth quarter stat or something like that that doesn't that just trying to jam into a narrative i i hate that stuff. You know, just stop it stop it the math is right stop yeah doug doug peterson did the same thing with philadelphia oh. earlier this season who as we know philadelphia a pretty analytically friendly team who won a super bowl partly because of their aggressiveness on fourth down here's the other thing too the word aggression and, and aggressiveness, it annoys me when we associate that with using yes. math, yes. right? All we're doing is looking at what's probable and what makes the most sense. That has nothing to do with aggression. It's just that this is what we've been taught, and we see it as aggression as a result. Well, and, and what is when they say aggression, and, and, and the announcers last night were saying over and over, this is aggressive. I don't know about this aggressive move. I, I think that you're conveying in in using that that term, whether you mean to or not, you're conveying a, a lack of control, right? Right. When someone is super aggressive. You are you are out of control or close to out of control. You're veering out of control, right? So by using that term, you're saying going for two here is you've you've lost your mind a little bit, you know. And 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 I've and like you're saying, this is this is not this is not the case. This is not a, the the dumb thing. Uh, would have would have been to kick the extra point. So right, it's the same thing. Remember when Sean McVay went for it on fourth down against the Seahawks earlier this year? Yeah, and ever yeah. and everyone's like, oh my gosh, he just he trusts his team. He's so no. so he's so aggressive. No, it's not that. He's literally just doing the, the the logical thing in that instance. No, it's not. It's not aggressive at all. Actually, it, it's 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 very. Uh, uh, even it's very even keeled. It's 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 following. Uh, a process it's a remaining I think I think it's it's remaining like stable and cool and calm and collected in a heated moment yeah. like that like that you know late in crunch time let me let me relate it to fantasy football the the same things go on when we talk about drafting quarterbacks late slash streaming the position people view it as some aggressive unnecessary thing to do because you can get Aaron Rodgers in the fourth or fifth round but guys Drafting a quarterback late in fantasy football is a safer thing to do because when you're doing that, you're not having to take on that opportunity cost of missing out on those running backs and wide receivers. It's, it's a sound, logical, safer, non-aggressive aggressive, aggressive way of handling that position in fantasy football and playing fantasy football. And yet, you know, I mean, obviously it's become more and more accepted, but let's just say five years ago, it was looked at as, wow, you're crazy. You're absolutely yeah. nuts. No, you're not nuts. You're, you're literally using logic. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the, the, the person who takes a quarterback in the third is the one who's being super aggressive on the position. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So it's just, you know, and then people wonder why you or me or whoever tilt uh, <laughs> with the people who are sitting in the booth. And it's like, you know, yeah. if you're if you're day, you know, if you're day to day 
is being consumed by football in some way and you're hearing what people are saying, you want people to be smarter. You're trying to educate people. And, and with people like Booger McFarlane, I have nothing against him as a human, but I have no. something against the way that he reacts to those situations where it's just so idiotic for a team to go for two when mathematically it's not. And and this is not numbers driving the game. Yeah. This is not this is not numbers coaching the game. You know, it's like it's when it when when people hit me up on Twitter and they say, "Oh, well then why don't you go go coach this team?" I don't want to coach that team. I don't know how to coach a team. I can tell you though that it's smarter for them to go for two in that instance than to not go for two. That has nothing to it's, do with coaching a team. That that is the most infantile argument is to say, "Well, you go coach the NFL team or you go be the general manager." Okay, I'll I'll apply. I'll apply. You know, uh, um, but getting back to the announcers, we have Collinsworth, right? That's that's the only person who even acknowledges analytics in the booth. But but Collinsworth tends to back down. He and does. I don't. I don't. I don't like that. He backs down when the chips are down for analytics. He backs down. He slithers away and he pretends like he's not really attached to it. We need someone who is a full on 100% advocate for analytics. In, in the booth, it would change the conversation. It would. And we wouldn't have these stupid Facebook posts and people hitting, you know, going to Twitter and saying the Giants are idiots when in fact they're not. Well, they are because they drafted Saquon Barkley second overall. But in, in, that, in that instance, they were not stupid. It was, it was, it was uh, awesome to see. It was very surprising to see because of their history and, I mean, you know, everything that Dave Gettleman basically does is very, very anti. Yeah, Den- Denny's doing the uh, the the now meme of Gettleman, um, the, the, the computer. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad for even talking about Gettleman because he's like he has he got diagnosed with like cancer and stuff and like yeah, I know. It's just so I, it I mean, just makes me like like I'm not. I, I always think that people think that I'm like trashing these these people for who they like. Like even the Booger McFarlane or like the Jason Witten, like I'm not trashing them as humans. I'm just saying that their takes are are really really outlandish. Look for for Gettleman to uh, to do the fake typing on a computer uh, yeah, in a true. league in a league that's trending toward the dominant teams embracing a- analytics and 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 winning with them. For, he's setting he set himself up you know you know sick or not sick whatever his personal situation is you, you have set yourself up when you get True. up and you act like it's 1982 when uh when you're running an nfl team in in 2018 so it's really crazy it, too i always i always think about the nfl uh and like the way that teams make decisions and and even in fantasy football like the way that we like do analysis and look at r squared analysis and correlation analysis and we have, you know, we, we draw conclusions based on the analysis, like, like in fantasy football, like our score in football in general, football analysis in general, any, any sort of, of regression analysis, it's never very strong. Like there's never, mm-hmm. there's never strong, you know, there's, there, there's never strong correlations in, fan, in, in football in general. And if you were to take, you know, an R squared of 0.25, which is good in football and, and associate it to another industry or something, they would laugh at you and they would just ignore whatever that metric is. Right. But for football, it's like, oh man, I found something that core that has a, a 0.25 R squared. value. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> we're We're so excited. And it, it's, it's so insane to me that there's something that's so logical, like going for two in this instance that admittedly I haven't like done the work with and haven't like thought it out, but the, 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 NFL in-game game theory people have thought it out and have talked about it for a bit. And it's crazy to me that there's this information sitting in front of you. Could you imagine that at like 
a different company, like a fortune 500 company or a company in general where like they're making decisions consistently based off of numbers and analytics. And then there's just this, this, this giant bubble. That's the NFL and all these teams that are like, no, we don't need that because we've been doing the same thing over and over again since 1974. Yeah, I, well, I think that it get you have to get to, and I'm gonna use uh, an inane term that I don't really know what it means, but a tipping point where, where teams who who are thinking the way that you're talking about, uh, where they're the minority, where they where where there's only a few of them left, then you can't really say that anymore. But Doug Peterson said what what you just said. It, uh, I heard an interview with him over the off season where he's like. All this information was available to to us, and I felt like it was dumb not to embrace it. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but but that that's that's what he said, and and it's just it's a wonder that not every team does it. But the most important thing is that Giorgio Tavecchio scored sixteen points. That's right. Points. That that is that is the most important thing. Uh, all right. So week seven, Denny. Uh, not a bad streaming week at all. I actually no. was pretty pleased with the results. Uh, on at defense, we had our top streamer, our obvious defensive streamer as the Colts. They ended up being the, the defense three on the week. They had 19 points. The Jets were a deeper play, and they were absolute trash, so we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> at quarterback, every quarterback hit except for the deeper play that we had, which was C.J. Beathard. Um, so we had Baker as kind of a higher-owned guy. He scores 21 points. We had Mitch Trubisky, who, who scores 30. I mean, Mitch Trubisky from weeks one through three was just this horrific looking passer who didn't want to take chances. And now he's, he's just in complete DGAF mode. Oh, I love it. I love from a fantasy perspective. It's amazing. It is. It is absolutely amazing. So you had, you had uh, Mitch Trubisky scoring 31 fantasy points, which is awesome. He's got the Konami effect with him. Uh, you had Joe Flacco going up against new Orleans. He had 19.6 fantasy points. He got that late touchdown, which was really clutch. Um, and then Eli Manning on Monday night, you know, we, we called out the matchup. We talked about Atlanta's defense just being completely, completely crushed by injury. And Eli Manning comes out and tosses for like, what was it, like 790 yards? I mean, it was insane. Something along those lines. And again, once again, Eli came through two weeks in a row, right? For in, in, in really good matchups, like blatantly, obviously good matchups. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's very. I, I think at quarterback, it's just important that you have to look at at those matchups. I mean, it's, right. it's, I mean, it's key at quarterback. It's not an it's not an accident that everybody is ripping the Falcons. Right, it's a very bad defense, and I'm I, I almost want them to not have their bye because yeah, because then they can maybe regroup a little bit. Uh, but anyway, it was a good way. Oh, oh, tight ends also. We had RSJ who uh, got injured. In the middle of that, oh, game. it was like yeah. like recovering a fumble or whatever. Um, yeah. That game was such an S show, man. Oh, so bad. God. I had the I had the Broncos D in my home league, which was awesome. But then I was facing them in my neighbor. But by the way, people keep asking me how's your neighborhood league going. It's probably my worst team this season. Oh, oh no! I walked away from that draft, and I'm like, man, in a 14 team league, my roster is awesome, right? Oh man! And it's just it, I had like Chris Hogan and Fitz, and it just went. It just is done. Can I tell you something about the Denver defense? My, I have I have a friend who who texted me shortly before the game said, "I have Denver, but I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Should I play them?" I said, "I think they're a good play. I would play them. I think they're a good play." He goes, "No, no, no, no. I'm dro-. he dropped them three minutes before a kickoff, and they go on to score what twenty eight fantasy points, Awful. something like that." Awful. I, I I'll never let him live that down. And and I did not budge. By the way, did yeah, not budge. Good, good. 
Uh, so we had RSJ, who only had 3.2 points, and then CJ Uzama ended up uh, scoring the only passing touchdown for Cincinnati. Honestly, of all the things that happened in in week seven, it was a really weird week for me personally. Like, my teams were blah. Like, it just wasn't like, you know, none of my teams, like, like went off and, and consistently, at least across my leagues. But then, like, I looked back at my advice. I was like, oh, like, on the late round podcast, I talked up Marlon Mack. This is pretty sweet. But then, but then everything just went to the, the esser. I don't want to, I don't want to say, uh, this is a the family kid. podcast. Yeah, the kids. The kid, uh, when Andy Dalton was, was primetime Andy Dalton. Oh, oh just unbelievably bad. Oh. The most tilting. I, I mean, like, I had him in probably a quarter of my leagues, and it just completely sunk me. Anyway. He, he was set up for a big game. Like, he was set, and I was waiting for I was like, okay, here it comes. All right, here comes the onslaught. And he ends up with nine points. Should have <laughs> known better, though. Andy Dalton, primetime, on the road, like... It's just it's not it's not happening. Like you just you can't trust that spot with Andy Dalton. It's just been historically. I'm not. This is this is a numbers guy being completely anecdotal, by the way. But it just doesn't happen for it doesn't happen for Andy Dalton <laughs> on the road in prime time. Okay, I don't care about your math. I've seen it with my eyes. That's all that matters. Right. Uh, but Andy Dalton, by the way, he's not a streamer this week because he's owned in too many leagues. Um, as Denny Same. is, yeah. <laughs> but but uh he is he, he would be the top streamer this week we're gonna we're gonna get into the streamers this week um it's it's really bad last week was amazing and we said that going into the week we kind of felt good about all the quarterback picks felt good about the Colts defense felt good about CJ Ozama I mean there it was a, it was a good week for streamers this week is the equivalent oh. of of I mean getting getting socks for Christmas Right, no, we're we're piecing it together. It, 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 I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I think of that scene in the original Batman, the 1989 Batman movie, where uh, that plastic surgeon underground, like in the sewer, tries to tries to like fix Joker's face, yeah, right? Yeah. And so that's I feel like we're the surgeon right now. Right. <laughs> we're just we're just gonna try to fix your face. Yeah. But it might not be pretty. The thing is, I was thinking about this because quarterback ownership, as we've seen over the last few years, honestly, is really, really spread out. So there's a lot of like forty to seventy percent rostered guys. And and it just makes it difficult for this podcast in particular. But when we mention these quarterbacks, we're not playing them over an Andy Dalton. You know, Andy Dalton getting Tampa Bay in a in a well, unbelievable spot. I mean, th- those those these guys were not playing over them. It's just that we have to we have to stick to to what this podcast is about. Yes, exactly. Anyway, Denny, we do like our defenses this week. There's a lot of good defenses, like like a lot right. of them. So why don't you right. why don't you give the people one of them? I will. I will. The, pe- the people will at first turn off this podcast when I mention this defense, but they shouldn't. They should turn it back on. They should listen. Because I like them. The more I looked into the Chiefs' defense this week, at home, 10-point favorites against Denver, more importantly, Case Keenum, uh, the more I loved uh, their prospects. So basically the Chiefs have been terrible on the road, uh, They, you know, just getting ripped by everybody. But uh, they have 15 and 16 fantasy points, respectively, over their past two home games. Uh, of course, this is fueled mostly by their offense grabbing a huge lead and, and forcing uh, quarterbacks and, and opposing offenses into a bad game scripts. Uh, the last time these teams played, I think about what, three or four weeks ago, yeah. uh, uh, Keenum, so Case Keenum threw for 245 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. 
Uh, I think we recommended him on that one. The 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 process, the process, the process. Yes. Um. So, but so he still has Keenum still has more interceptions than touchdowns this season. He completes a pretty horrific 58% of his passes in losses. And Denver, like I said, is a 10 point dog on the road. It, I, you know, I, you have to say the chiefs at least have a floor, but they could have, I think they could have a decent ceiling too, again, in the, in this, in this spot. Yeah, I dig them. And we know that case Keenum is going to be starting because uh, Chad Kelly uh, there's some some funky stuff going on there. Hey, Chad Kelly went to an awesome Halloween party. Is what <laughs> yeah, it's really a really apparently a very awesome Halloween party. Very very interesting. Uh, the other defense that you should be streaming this week, I, I like them more than I like the Chiefs. Um, is Pittsburgh, um, and it's really yeah. it's really pretty straightforward. Pittsburgh is now an eight and a half point favorite, which I believe has risen by a point uh, since mm. this opened. Um, and they're at home, they're facing the Browns, and here's the straight-up point. The Browns have allowed the most sacks in the league, and the Steelers have the second-highest sacks per game in football. Oh, man, Mayfield is going to be toast. That dude That dude just waits for contact at this point. Yeah, I, I think that there's a very, very high sack floor for that game, and then obviously if you can apply that pressure, you know, other, other things will come. So uh, Baker, I mean, you know, Baker's not a streamer this week. If we want to just touch on him, I would probably play him over both the quarterbacks that we're going to talk about. But I, really? I well, that's the oh, thing. So you're making the face like he's he's not in that 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 the offensive line has just been so bad. The wide receivers have been so bad. It's really really hard to trust Baker Mayfield, especially on the road against a division rival. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to not be in love with him. So if you're on the fence, you know. Baker might not be your guy this week. I, you know, I, if it's if it's if it's him or Andy Dalton, you're playing Andy Dalton. Sure, but these two guys at quarterback, I just it's not easy at quarterback this week. Denny, just give give one of the two guys. All right, Flacco. All right, next one. Yeah, uh, not no, great. So, <laughs> Flacco is uh, is at Carolina, and um, so the the. I'm going to go through this whole thing and I'm going to lay out a case for why Flacco is actually not a terrible. You could do, you could do worse. Yeah. I want I was thinking about this in the shower today. Worse. Shower thoughts. Okay. Um, imagine having a group of people like, like on a TV show say like us recording them say you could you. do worse. Like I want that audio clip. So if anyone out there like yeah. is really good with audio and you can make, that that audio of you could do worse. Please send it to us. We'll give you so much credit. We'll shout you out. We'll shout out. Yeah. Uh, we'll shout out your your small business. We'll do whatever you need in order to get that clip. Absolutely amazing. I I, I would love to have that because we we would use that like eight times, uh, sixty nine times an, an episode. We would make an app where you can just press a button and it would say that. Yeah. Oh man, amazing. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. All right. Let me get to Flacco. Uh, Ravens. So the Ravens are averaging 291 passing yards per game. Is that right? Jeez. Uh, giving giving Flacco a nice yardage cushion. His lowest yardage total, by the way, was 236 in Week One when the Ravens sat on the ball for most of the second half against the Bills. Uh, so Carolina looks on paper like a really unappealing matchup, but but there's a big but. 
Uh, when you adjust for strength of schedule, Carolina isn't the most dreadful matchup. They allow 17.8 points per game to quarterbacks. Only four teams allow a higher completion rate than Carolina, and only six uh, defenses give up more yards per pass uh, than the than the Panthers. So the 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 short of it is teams aren't passing a lot versus Carolina, but when they do, they've been fairly successful and the Ravens come into this one as, as one point favorites for whatever that's worth. So, you know, you could do worse. That's all I'll say. You could do worse. Uh, <laughs> the other quarterback that you could stream this week is Derek. I don't have Amari Cooper anymore. Carr. Um, there's a 50 plus point over under <laughs> in that game against the Colts. Indianapolis has been pretty average on a per play basis against the pass. It's in Oakland. If this were in Indy, I might feel a little bit differently. Um, but Indianapolis prior to that week seven game, which was against, I mean, essentially a third string quarterback, right. With Derek Anderson. I mean, the guy was just signed off the street. Um, (laughs) before that game, they had allowed seven total touchdown passes and an average of 332 passing yards per game from weeks four through six. So they were not looking very good, uh, defensively before that game against the bills where, you know, I think any defense in the NFL would have been able to stop that that attack. So, yeah. you know, Carr not in the worst spot in the world. You know, I don't love that he lost Amari Cooper, admittedly, but you could do, could do. worse. Worse. Uh, and by the way, if the Patriots are on your waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, there's like the Patriots, the Texans. I, I mean, there, yeah. there, there are good defensive plays. Arizona's not a bad defensive play. But I mean, are, are the, the Patriots are like, who would you play over them? Oh week. yeah, I, you you nope. you play any any defense against uh, against the Bills. I think that the Bills have allowed like uh, five top five performances this year or something. I mean the the Patriots are sixteen uh, sixteen point favorites something like that. Let me check. Oh, 13 and a half point favorites. It's in Buffalo. I'm sorry, it's in Buffalo. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I I don't know if there's anybody I'd play over over the Patriots this yeah. week. At tight end, uh, I'll just do this quickly. Uh, CJ Ozama is still out there in about 60% of leagues, so we'll just th- throw his name out there because tight end's pretty bad. Um, la- he's, he's run the fourth most routes at the tight end position over the last two weeks. Um, he has nine targets during this time. Obviously, he scored last week. Get this, Denny. Tampa Bay has allowed a top six tight end performance in each of their last five games. Hmm. They've allowed a high-end tight end one performance over their last five games. The only other game that they played was week one. That's not that's not part of this sample. And they allowed a tight end 11 performance to Ben Watson. Wow. So wow. so this is the perfect matchup that, for CJ Uzama. I think that he's a, a top 10 option at tight end again this week. I kind of feel, I mean, if you're in a 12-team league and you have him, you're probably just playing him from here on out until something happens to him or, you know, I mean, he he's, his role is so secure with, with, uh, with that other tight end Croft. Yeah. With the Tyler's being out with, with, with the Tyler's out is Croft out for the season or just temporarily. I think he's, I think they put him on IR. Okay. Well then, I mean, I, I just can't imagine like looking at the waiver wire. If I have Uzama in a, you know, 12 or especially like a 14 team league. Yeah. All right, Danny, you have two of them. Yeah, so I got the the uh, thrill of having Jeff Hireman to talk about. Thank you, JJ. Which I never I, I never know how to say his last name. I think it's uh, yeah. You're, you're right. Hire. You're right. It, I that is the I always when I read it and when I say it I always say like Hoyerman. Yeah, Hoyerman. Yeah, right, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, so he's owned in three percent of leagues, which obviously are all of our listeners' leagues. 
uh, he had uh, so he had a touchdown callback last week, uh, which resulted in, as my notes say, a big fat zero. Um, uh, Denver so Denver tight ends have caught five passes for 74 yards last time they played against the Chiefs, which I, like I said was three or four weeks ago. Um, uh, Hireman's uh, past three snap counts. Uh, so this is since Jake Butt uh, was injured and and went on uh, IR. Uh, so last three snap counts, 88%, 69%, an incredibly nice 69%. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, that is nice. And then 88%. So he's playing a lot of Denver snaps. Uh, Kansas City opponents are averaging uh, <laughs> an almost nice 68.9 plays per game. Wow. Uh, you know, because they go into catch-up mode and have to run a lot of plays. Uh, only three teams see more snaps uh, against them than, than the Chiefs. So this is all to say that the, the matchup is okay and the Broncos will probably have to run a lot of plays and uh, the, the negative game script, the likely negative, negative game script is good, I think, for Hireman. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. I dig him as a, as you know, he's like the traditional, yeah, I don't have a tight end. I'm just going to throw a random tight end out there. By the way, I looked up the Tyler Croft thing. He's out indefinitely, but they never put him on IR. Okay. That, that's where it's at. All right, Ben Watson. Oh, I just, I just gave it away. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a surprise. Ben Watson, guys. <laughs> ben Watson. So uh, Watson is actually owned in 34% of leagues, which is amazing to me. Um, but uh, I guess he's out there in, in somebody's league. Uh, he has uh, at least four receptions in four of six games. Uh, I think the the one thing to worry about here is that he's played below 60% of New Orleans snaps in almost every game this year. So he's not he's not out there a lot. But Minnesota has sort of become a good, I don't want to say great, but good tight end target. Uh, they allow 15.6 schedule adjusted points to tight ends. And over the past three weeks, tight ends have caught 23 uh, re, uh, balls against the, the Vikings. So over three weeks, 23 passes caught by tight ends against the Vikings. That's not a little. That is not a little. All right, so to recap, we have Ben Watson, Jeff Hireman, CJ Uzama, Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, the Chiefs defense, and the Steelers defense. I don't feel good about this week. No, I mean, but we're scrap. We're we're being scrappy. Yeah, okay, we're being right. su- super scrappy. By the way, if you're if you're between Watson and Hireman, I honestly, I honestly would lean Hireman. <laughs> I think I would too. I, let's just let's just go for Hireman this week, man. I, I I think I think I'm all in on. I think I love. Uh, Hireman's matchup and the fact that the Broncos are just going to have to throw it everywhere. So let's do yeah, it. Yeah, he's running a decent, a decent enough amount of routes. So, all right, let's get to Twitter questions. This first one's from at Sean Summers. Should I unfollow any analyst who didn't understand why the Giants went for two down fourteen? The answer to me, for me, is yes. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I would say uh, yes if they also have bad takes on. Um, you know, food and pop culture and stuff. I'll say, I'll say this. If they didn't understand, that's one thing. If they're vocally against it, that's another thing. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, This next question is from at captain underscore Carl. What are y'all Halloween costumes this year? (laughs) Do you want to have one? Sure. Yeah. We're going to be, I mean, look, this is the first Halloween for me and my wife with a child. So we're going to do a a theme, right? So we all have onesies. And 
the, the one <laughs> they are onesies technically, but they're of animals. So I'm a gorilla. My wife is a giraffe. Uh, Avery, my my daughter, is a lion. Uh, okay, I like. And it. Henry, our dog, has a little safari hat. Hilarious. Oh, oh, that's good. Right. That's good. Super cute, right? Yeah, incredibly cute. So, are you all wearing that to a party or what? Uh, I mean, there's just stuff that goes on in the neighborhood on Halloween okay. nights. So we'll just be hanging out with them on. That's nice. That's nice. I, I am a beer. I went. I I think I posted it. Did I post it on, fa- on, uh, on Twitter? I don't know. I, I saw the picture though. You got to explain this a little bit. You got to talk. Yeah. About so it. it's just a pullover, like a. It looks like a dress almost of of a glass of beer, uh, with bubbles on top, with suds on top. And, um, and it's, so it's comfortable. Uh, I am a natty light. Uh, that's, that's what I, that's what I'm calling myself. And, uh, it doesn't make me look like a degenerate at all. Was it branded at all? Was the beer bottle branded? No, it just says beer. Okay. Uh, this next one's from at Elliot Metzger. Since Booger McFarlane was so forthright with some of his, his past in-game bathroom habits Monday night, do you think he stands or sits to wipe? Did you hear did you hear that whole conversation about how he would just sit on the bench and urinate? That is gross. It's an, it's pretty insane. And people people were like like I saw one tweet um huh. I saw actually multiple tweets of people being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this happens." And then people would quote tweet and be like, "Well, it's clear you never played football." <laughs> it's like, "Come on." Okay. I mean, it's basic decency. Well, <laughs> get, get out of here. You're not an animal. There's no reason to pee on yourself. Yeah, I mean, OBJ going to the bathroom makes so Ben Roethlisberger. I feel like takes a dump every. Maybe that's why his one. Maybe maybe he's just you know the the one p.m. thing where he's on the road on a, during a one p.m. game. He always underperforms. Maybe it's because he's got a schedule and he's always yeah. going to the bathroom and he can't think straight. Yeah, he need well they they need to do something about that then because I've yeah, I've seen him jog back to the uh the locker room a bunch. Uh and it's clearly it's clear it's like the 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 perfect length of time that he's gone, he clearly was on the pot. Yeah, it's like he like chugs a coffee at like 12:30 just yeah. to, just to get ready for the game and then he just he just has to let it yeah. all go. Uh, hold, hold just hold it then. Hold it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This next question is from at See, oh, by the way, the, to answer Elliot's question, do you think that he stands or sits to wipe? He, anyone who believes that the Giants were stupid for going for two, they definitely stand. Well, no, he, the, the answer is he doesn't wipe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's good he, he just goes and pulls the pants up and walks out. I mean, I think that that's clear. Anybody who's peeing on themselves is, is doing that. Oh, man. This next question is from at CFFLChamp17. Start Cam versus the Ravens or go with a streamer? Uh, yeah, I, I start Cam. Yeah, I'd go with Cam too. Next question. At underscore the real Bernie underscore. Can Dalton be trusted week to week even if he has a good matchup? Uh, the next two weeks he gets Tampa Bay and New Orleans and I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Next one. At fantasy stack. Can you recall your best fantasy football seasons or wins? Perhaps a year where you had a ridiculously stacked team or made an improbable run. I, I remember like three years ago, the year that uh, do you remember the the Apex team that I had that yeah. was just like unstoppable and it went it it had so Apex as you guys know we're in the Apex Writers League each year where uh, you play two games a week one against the average and one against your opponent um, the average scores of all the teams so you're playing two games my team that year so you play thirteen matchups but then you multiply that by two because of the average. My team that year went 25 and one and it didn't score below the average any week. 
Wow. It was just, it was the most magnificent team that I ever put together. I won't lie. Yeah. It was, wow. it was just ridiculous. But, but I mean, I'm getting regressions hitting Denny, that team, my team in that league is literally dead. I lost <laughs> Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Sony, Michelle, Cooper cup. Yeah. Like what is going on? Uh, but yeah, that, but that year, that year, I think I played in 14 redraft leagues, which I might play in more now. But I, 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 I'm not kidding when I say this. I, regression hit. But that year, I won half of them. Yeah, I remember that. I remember being like, that's not possible. It was, but. but it was, it was, I mean, my win rate is not that. That's stupid. It's not like that every year. But that year, it was a special year. That's nutty. Uh, my short story would be the year I won, I won my family league, which I think was 2012. Uh, I was terrible all year. I got into the playoffs just barely and then i just destroyed everybody from there <laughs> from there on out and i won the i won the championship uh on the uh day that my son was born wow. which uh which made which made yeah which made the 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 birth the second best thing that happened to me that day <laughs> right denny was yeah. levitating in the hospital not because his son was born but because that's right because i because i championship yeah because i won uh that was the that was the year i, I had J- josh gordon just just carried me yeah uh, this next question is from at the fantasy MDs. Uh, I know the Texans have a juicy matchup coming up, but am I crazy to start the Colts versus the Raiders since Gruden has the team at Arby's for the postgame meal? Um, I would not be playing the Colts over the Texans this week. The, te- the, te- no. the Texans against Brock Osweiler is, a, is an auto start. But but I do think that you should be cognizant of who, of, you know, defense is playing against the Raiders from, from here on out. They're sure. clearly going to be a target. Sure. Yeah. The Colts are probably, you know, I, I think there's just a lot of defensive plays this week. The Colts are a deeper streamer, I guess, technically, yeah. but um, I'm not as high because they're on the road either. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We want, we want home favorites. Right. Mostly. Next question at J deck 89 for, I think it's probably Joe December 89. I'm, I'm assuming that Joe was born in 1989. That's my guess. Joe, let me know yeah. if I'm wrong. In December '89. Yeah, how old is too old to play video games? I'm gonna let you answer it, Denny. <laughs> you don't want me to answer this. <laughs> Come on, say it. No, I want to hear it. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I am not. I'm not going to anger the video game, the, the gamers out there, including my co-host. I don't. I'm. I look. I don't get it. I don't. I've lost com- total touch with with video game playing of any kind and maybe that has to do with my personality because if i can't be all in on something then i don't want anything to do with it so i i'm not able to be all in on video games therefore i have sworn it off forever i I don't know about an age though yeah i don't think i mean i don't think there's an age i i think that video games can be really really awesome for people to like escape or for people to uh i I, like i use video games to stay in touch with my high school buddies because we we play with each other but like i i also am not i mean i'm i'm not like a serious gamer i might come across that way but like especially i mean since having a kid i've probably played a combined three hours of video games but Mm -hmm. but i respect the hell out of the gamer community because i think it's a, a, a people are generally pretty awesome within it yeah, I don't. I I don't know anybody aside from aside that, aside from the trolls that are out there from that community. But uh, uh, I I will say that um, I don't know if my brain could could handle modern gaming. It feels if it looks so overwhelming. Like like a, watching a, a a commercial on TV for a video game 
uh, gives me a small, small, small scale panic attack. Right. So well, you're, know. you're, you sound like your father right now. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm 58 years old. Yeah. Next question at number one punna for Denny, because JJ's kid is too young. When did you develop your dad voice? I told my son to stop doing something the other day and I felt my voice change. When did that happen for you? If at all? Yeah. Um, probably when my son was two and he started to like really act out and enter that terrible two phase and his terrible twos <laughs> were pretty terrible. And, and yeah, but your voice, I, my, my voice, it deepens, it gets kind of growly, you know? Um, it, it's all, it almost feels like a little bit animalistic. Like I'm like, like I'm like my voice is trying to like dominate like a smaller animal <laughs> in my <laughs> in my son. Uh, uh, so yeah, around when when he was two. Next question at CT Jurnas. Have you ever gone to poop and gambled with the amount of TP left and lost? <laughs> and lost and lost and lost. I I admittedly I, I would guys I would admit to you if this has happened to me it has not happened to me I've never. I've never lost that battle. I've never walked around with with a uh, with with a turtle down there. <laughs> it's, ne- it's never never happened. <laughs> oh man, that's a bad. You know that that that's a needless gamble. It's a needless gamble. No one needs to take that gamble. I mean, unless you just really want to feel alive, I guess. <laughs> you got you just gotta gotta feel it, man. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you lose and when you when you when you look at the empty role uh that you know you feel you you probably feel very alive oh, oh yeah i get to walk out of here with, with feces on me this is awesome i mean what do you what do you do in that situation like like do you i would assume that your next step would be to get up look around and make sure no one else is in there and maybe run out to see if there's paper towels uh, so where and, and, are and then we? and then you and then you you gotta wet the paper towels. You're, you're not you're not those those are not that sandpaper is not going up yeah, against you. You you don't you don't want to go to the hospital. Right, right. You can't, you can't do any of that. But then, but then you're gonna you know in that situation there's gonna be the freaking the air dryers instead of yeah. instead of actual. And then you know if if this is a single bathroom, maybe there's just only one toilet. Then what do you do? Like, what are you doing? You just walk away and just try to find another bathroom somewhere else. I think you. Yes, I think that but, you have to just <laughs> you face face the fate that you have uh, created for yourself. Right, but there's so many situations where you're in a restaurant or something, and you're with company, and you can't you can't like go to a different establishment. Man, that is that's tough. I mean, if you're, I thought we were at home. <laughs> Oh, if you're at home, you can just walk out of your bathroom and just go to, you know, go, hopefully you have supplies somewhere. Yeah, hopefully. But I, I at, a, at a restaurant, I think you, you just need to go to your car and leave probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, next question at Zachary L. Kennedy. All right, here we go. Eggshells. Throw away one at a time upon using or put used shells back in the carton until the last egg is used and ready for trash. Thank you for this question. Denny, are you the latter? I am not the latter. Okay, right, good, good. Thank God you're not the latter. No, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not, not a serial killer. The Venn diagram of of people who keep their egg car- eggshells in the carton until all of the eggs are done, and people who stand up and wipe, it's it's just one giant circle. It, it's it is. It's a circle. I, I mean, is it annoying to individually, you know, crack an egg? go to the trash can, toss it in or, or 
or some some you know order you know some some situation where you're having to crack dispose crack dispose and yes that's annoying but I'm not putting it back in the carton and then leaving it there. No, no. it's going to get so nasty too because you know it's going to some of the yolks are going to drip into it. Like it, yeah. it's it's not that's not an ideal. That's not an efficient thing to do. If there is anyone out there that keeps keeps cracked eggs, emptied eggs, you know, the shells in their cartons, I want to hear from you. Can I tell you that uh, I I thought that I had like uh, hurt myself seriously with eggs the other day. What? So I I heat up olive oil in the pan before I I put the the eggs in the eggs in okay. the, the 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 mixed egg yolk uh and I apparently let the olive oil get far too hot Yeah, you get destroyed, right? Cuz I put that egg in and it went pop 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 oh, wow. And it it hit me in the face, it stung. It like went all over it hit me in the arms i was like oh god it's hot it's hot <laughs> and, the, and i i had a i had a little mark on my forehead it, it looked like a zit it was terrible are you a good egg maker i'm a pretty good egg maker because i eat eggs every day see i i have a mantra uh when i make eggs uh abf always be fluffing <laughs> you just always got it. You got to just go at it constantly. That's that's how you get them. That, like people are like, you got to put in all this milk, and you got to like, no no, no, no. You can fluff eggs naturally. You can do it the right. all natural way. It's not that difficult. Do, do you? Uh, so how many eggs do you cook at one time? It depends. I'm not an I'm not an egg every morning person like you are. Okay. So, okay. I, but I'll. I mean, I'll, I'll. I can make. I I ate eggs religiously in college. Like that was yeah. that was like my entire diet in college, basically. I eat uh, two eggs in the morning, and but here's the thing: uh, my wife thinks that's one too many. I mean, like she's like, "How could you eat two eggs?" But my daughter eats two eggs, and she's two, <laughs> so I think it's reasonable. Do you eat them scrambled? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. This next question is from at Tigerson twenty one. Have you ever been? There's so many freaking toilet questions. Have you ever been frightened by by the? This is a good question, actually. Have you ever been frightened by the flushing power slash spontaneity of an automatic toilet? Yes. Who hasn't? You know what? The, I, you know where where the worst toilets are for this? The airport. Huh. Oh. <laughs> the airport can flush your luggage down the toilet. It, it, it's powerful. It's so powerful. I, it, I mean, well, well, an airplane is actually worse because of the that. That's really insane. It, yeah, I feel like there's always a small chance that I'm going to be flushed out of the plane when, when I hit the flush button on the plane. Right, right. You know what I just remembered, Denny? Last week, there was a question mm-hmm. about Sean McVay being a, a, a wizard, a 14-year-old wizard who would, who would coach the Rams, and then it asked how to rank that among oh, yeah. 90s movies, and right. we didn't talk about Little Big League, and... My mentions oh. were were hot fire to the point of like I wanted to block people over this. People were tilting their faces off over this. Yeah, guys, I didn't mention Little Big League because it's literally the same movie as what this person was describing. Yes, and and if if we're gonna rank, and if we're gonna talk about, I wanted to talk about what a better feat was. And I, I understand. So people like listen back and they're like, well, you phrased it differently the second time that you talked about the question and but guys get stop, stop. You yeah. like, let uh, me, 
I know that movie. It's not a good movie. And it's why we talked about Rookie of the Year being and, and, and Henry Rodengardner being the superior being in this yeah. comparison. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry that that provoked such, su- such a reaction. I, I sort of understand the reaction because the, the parallels are there, obviously, but I thought that we were going for something different or better you know, yeah. in, in like you said, in that range, rather than let's talk about the exact same thing that happened in the movie. Right. That's not that. Let us let us do the podcast, guys. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> uh, this next question is from at goat goat waddles. Uh, I thought it said goat goat waffles, which would actually be a great handle. Uh, I would. Why no love for the triumphant return of P. Hans O'Leary? Six catches and a touchdown over the last two weeks. Yeah, it's it's really fun to watch P. Hans O'Leary uh, take the job of of Mike Jacecki, uh, who was one of the best tight end prospects in this draft and, and super athletic guy. It's just this guy coming off the street with no gloves taking his job. Yeah, it's it, it is fun. So what is it with so rookie tight ends are are just dumb. They don't they don't understand the game. It's just tough what, what, tough what, to what, tough to translate. What what is what is. I don't understand why that's the position where they they cannot go from college star to uh there's just more there's just more there's more to ask of the position because of of the hybrid of having to be a receiver but also like a dominant blocker and stuff like yeah. they're they're a liability they're more of a liability for blocking than other positions would right. be so I, I that's that's and then there's also completely different schemes that they're used to from college that that's yeah, that's then, my like sh- that's my guess slash short answer so i'm i'm just wondering what was different about evan engram you know being being a, 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 a as far as fantasy goes being really very usable fantasy yeah. asset my guess is uh, my guess is that yeah. they utilize him a bit as a wide out and there was just no from a fantasy perspective there was no one else there last year because everyone got hurt. yeah so yeah, i true. think that it's just it's just the uh the lack of competition uh, this next question is from at JPDVT. How do you forecast guys like Ingram and Connor in keeper leagues? A lot of unknown around the situation. Sorry, this question isn't about poop or floss. <laughs> <laughs> Why, well, man? I think we we have uh, really overemphasized this this uh, feces niche. Yes, I think I think we have. Um, I mean, look, you're you're in the you're 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 questioning the situation just as much as I am. I mean, I think. With the Steelers in particular, I think they like James Conner. I think James Conner is performing well enough to be the, the starter longer term, uh, which is not something that I would have said last year. James Conner coming out, I was not a big fan. He was a, he just he looks like sophomore James Conner again, and he's he's good. I mean, he also is going to to legitimately hurt himself the way that he runs. Yeah, I mean that that's scary. But you just well, have to. Lo- yeah, he lost he lost weight. Is that what you're going to say? Lost weight. Yeah. Yeah, right. and he looks right. a lot more ag- agile. I mean, you just have to look at the the upcoming free agents, see where they might rank, you know, someone like Mark Ingram, where his, you know, his his age uh and how he compares to someone like Tevin Coleman. And you have to think how many uh open spots are there across the league for running backs to actually thrive. The answer to that might be not many. So I don't mm-hmm. know how awesome this free agent market's going to be for these running backs, but you know, you never know. It, it's it's always always changing, but that's just kind of the the, the process that you go through is just look at their individual circumstances and look at the greater landscape and just see where they fit. That's sure. that's my answer. I'll, I'll go with that. 
Next question, at Rye Takes, is it appropriate to require that a kid actually say trick-or-treat before handing over candy? I remember asking more than one kid last year, can I help you, when they just came for- came forward with their bag open not saying anything. These are older uh, I, kids, like greater than five, not toddlers. Okay, yes, right, right. They have to be a little bit older. I am all for uh, forcing the issue with 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 having kids say trick or treat. Don't just come up to the door and put in and 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 beg for your uh, your socialist handout. Uh, you know, you you uh, uh, say trick or treat. This is tradition. Also, I I told my son Xavier like what trick or treat means the other day, and he goes. So if they don't give me a piece of candy, I can like, and he thought about it for a second and he goes, like, take their pumpkin and smash it into their car. (laughs) And I was like, what? No, you can't do that. He's like, why? It's a trick. It's a trick. I could do it. I could do it. I said, Xavier, first of all, they're going to give you candy if you say trick or treat. And second of all, you can't go smash people's cars with pumpkins. You cannot do that. You cannot be doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that you can, you can force them. I get, we get a lot of trick or treaters every year. Man, really? Oh, we get so many. So I'm many. jealous. We got a lot of houses in this neighborhood. Man, that, that's, that's not, and, and I bet, is it really conducive to walking around? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's sidewalks and stuff and sweet. You can take them around, Man. but we don't have a kid that people were asking. They were like, are you going to take Avery trick or treating? I'm like, that's the weirdest. That's kind of strange. No, no, she she's she's a tiny she's, tiny baby. She's a, she's a three Here. she's a three month old who's clear not even three months who's clear well she will be then who's clearly not eating consuming this candy. So who who do you think who do you think is ta- I'm, I'm literally take an adult taking candy from other houses. No, yeah, no, you're a super effing weirdo if you're taking your <laughs> yeah. your, your three month old trick or treat and be like, oh, a little baby wants candy. Give me the Snickers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's so bizarre. Oh man, this next question I just thought was funny from at gem underscore minor 11. Should Amari Cooper and Des Bryant be tight end eligible on fantasy rosters? <laughs> oh, so good. I love it. Uh, this last question though is from at Jay Scaff. Drink a full glass of eggnog or a pumpkin spice latte sweetened with ground candy corn. What? Look, I'll, they- I'll, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. So many people automatically associate me me and takes that I don't have with Denny. They think that I don't like people think like people will come up to me on come up to me. People will will hit me up on Twitter and be like, would you rather do this or drink an IPA? It's like, give me the, I I drink, I I like IPAs. Come on. Like what is going on right now? Yeah. Guys, this is not an anti IPA show. It's just me. It's just Denny being anti everything. And it's just, and look, yeah. pump, look, I don't drink coffee anymore, but pumpkin spice lattes, they're they're a treat. They taste good. Can I tell you something? Yeah, let's hear it. I've never I've never had one. Oh my gosh, we need to Denny, that's perfect for for Patreon. You need Oh, to, it is. You need of you getting a pumpkin spice latte and drinking it in front of people. Oh man. Okay, all right. Living this uh patreoncom <laughs> the stream. Check it out. I will be drinking a pumpkin spice latte soon. <laughs> but the the answer the answer to that is the pumpkin spice latte with ground candy corn. Candy corn's not very good. I, I can I can eat like two pieces of candy corn before I want to vomit because it's it's just too much. It's, it's too, too much. much sugar. It's too much yeah. sugar. But egg uh, eggnog I, is so nasty. Yeah. No, I can't do. I cannot uh, handle eggnog. So I will. T- I'll take that. Whatever the other option. <laughs> 
And and because of this question, you guys are gonna be uh, you guys are gonna get a treat of your own. That's right. That's right. You will see. You will watch me drink a a, co- a coffee, and that really that that's that's as much fun as you can have on the internet. That's right. That's right. All right, Denny. That's gonna do it for the questions. Let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, at CD Carter thirteen on the Twitter machine. Uh, my kicker my kicker column is live on patreon.com slash living the stream and that's that's it that's actually it for me and i'm on twitter at late round qb uh i have another podcast the late round podcast and then all my work over on numberfire.com denny we have a tilt montage and it made me it, there's a, one part specifically that made me laugh very hard i'm happy to hear that just 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 get ready for the baker mayfield part <laughs> all right guys thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week in the p.m. Eastern Time Zone. Week 7. And I I, I have an admission. I need to get this off my chest. Uh, You know, even if I'm just talking into my phone right now, uh, it'll feel good to, to say this, to admit it out loud with words. And this is not this is not easy. This is not an easy thing to say because it because it's it's so shameful. It's so it's deeply shameful. But but I need to say it. I have to say it. I have to put words to it. I have to speak it into existence in order to purge it from my soul. I have to admit that I made a Derek Anderson lineup on DraftKings. 12.36 in the p.m. and uh, the the Titans uh, just went for two in that London game between the Chargers and Titans. They went for, Titans went for two to win the game. We play to win the game. Or however Herm Edwards sang that line. Uh, so they went for two to win. I missed it. Uh, Mariota uh, defecated in his pants on TV, which is embarrassing. But I, I agree with the call. I agree. I, I agree with any decision uh, that results in a Titans game ending, and the Titans therefore being off of my TV. So I am all I am all aboard that train. Great call. Now I don't have to watch this abysmal team. Thank you. It's one oh seven PM Eastern Time and Nick Chubb does not have hundred and twenty yards and two touchdowns. I, I don't know I don't know if he's playing. I don't know if he has also been traded to Jacksonville. He may have retired in protest of, you know, his former backfield mate, Carlos Hyde, being unceremoniously dumped. Uh, but whatever the, whatever the case may be, Nick Chubb does not have 212 rushing yards. He does not have multiple touchdowns. I was told that this would be fun. It's not fun. It's not fun so far. 
I just want to tell the people here that uh, I had my Halloween party last night. Um, I'm not not hungover, if that makes sense uh, to to the people out here. Uh, it's like, you know, I'm not super hungover, but, you know, I'm definitely not completely not hungover. So I'm, I apologize if that comes off in this tilt montage. I'm, I'm feeling very low, low energy. Low energy like Jeb Bush. I just saw the rare occasion uh, in which Kiko Alonso makes it onto the highlights without getting totally owned by an opposing running back. So this is the first time I've seen Kiko Alonso on my TV screen without getting absolutely decimated by an oncoming running back. Congratulations to Kiko. It's 1.55 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and it's Marlon Mack season. Weird thing about watching uh, Baker Mayfield's box score. I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but when I when I watch uh, Baker Mayfield's box score, I notice that it never changes. Uh, that it, it it just sort of just stays exactly the same all the time no matter what happens he doesn't seem to how do we say throw for yardage or score touchdowns or rush for yardage he doesn't seem to do those things um, I'm looking into whether that's bad for fantasy it's uh, 2.58 p.m. And can I just say how exhausted I am by tilting my face off over Jarvis Landry? For years and years and years, I just totally dismissed him as a fantasy producer, even though, you know, he was producing. And I gave in to the idea that, yes, he's a massively... Driv, uh, volume driven fantasy producer and, and, and that's okay I accepted it I accepted it in my heart and I drafted him on a lot of teams this year and he's doing nothing nothing he's not even really getting a lot of volume because the Browns don't have a lot of volume because the horrible little secret right now that no one wants to talk about is that Baker Mayfield is bad. Maybe it'll get better, but wow, he's bad. And the Landry tilt is just, I mean, it's tearing me up like the Natty Light that I drank last night, honestly. Mayfield to Landry, touchdown. The tilt, the death tilt, is over for now. Thank God. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. 
sure about the team.